Hey, on today's episode, Searching for Passion, the incredible balancing act of combining passion and self-analysis, seek and search, the two necessary elements for growth, and differentiating between religion that's imposed from without and Torah that expresses a person's fundamental nature. I'm Moshe Shomron, and this is the Harusa Podcast. An exploration of timeless wisdom and ideas that have guided some of history's greatest men and women for over 3,000 years. There are many that perceive religion and spirituality as something that is coming from the outside, it's coming from without. It's not something that's intuitive, something that starts from within. But you are you. And then there's this way of life, this, or not, not specifically religion, this self-help method, this routine, this philosophy, any of an assortment of lifestyles that I could choose to adopt, to select those things and bring them into my life. And of course, you want to be able to discern which one is the best one and which one is most... Uh, befitting most true, most lasting. But essentially, that's how how it could be conceived. And you remember Rabbanim teaches that when it comes to Torah, when it comes to Judaism, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. And he bases this on a, on a verse, on a Pasuk in the Torah, Mishle. The Pasuk says that we should search and seek for Torah, for Hashem, for wisdom. We should search for it like silver, and seek it like hidden treasure. In Hebrew, You should seek it, and is to search for it. And then, the next verse is, Then you'll understand, you'll be able to integrate the awareness of Hashem, and you will find and you will reach and you will integrate the divine wisdom. So ask the Rebbe Rabbanim, why does the Torah use these two metaphors, to seek, two adjectives, to seek and to search? Because just that one, just look for it, search for it, seek for it. But what, what, what's, the, what's the idea here? Seek and search. And the Rebbe says, there's two types of people that are looking for things. One person, she lost something, and she's desperately looking to find what she once had. The other person is looking for something new, looking to stretch out of their boundary to find something that they never had yet tasted, they never have yet experienced. The difference between the two, the person that lost something is greatly distressed that they've lost that thing, especially if it was something that was very dear to them. Now they lost it. There's a lot of unsettling by the fact that you lost it, you're, you're, that, that distresses you. And therefore you make a great effort to find it. But once you find it, there isn't necessarily a great happiness that incurs because you're now back to where you were. So you lost your favorite watch and then you couldn't find it. And you were stressed about it because you love that watch. And then you find it. It's like, oh, great. Okay. 
it removes all that that worry and that that uh, concern, and now you're back to where you were. As opposed to the second type, second searcher, second searcher, there isn't any great pressure or stress to find this thing because, okay, I don't have anything. I don't have it now either. All right, so I would love to get this great, uh, a great new watch, but okay. But once you get it, there's a great joy because you got something new and it's very exciting. It's exciting to get new things. So Rabbanim explains that this is what Hashem is teaching us about the nature of Torah, is that when you learn it, you're like that person that's finding something that you never had. When you, have, when you reach a new level in your growth, that happiness is unparalleled by any other happiness you could pick up. So that it has that freshness, that that elation, that joy in every moment, in every new level that you're reaching. At the same time, though, you're also the seeker, the hide and seek, that you're looking for the thing that's hidden, that is, it was there the whole time. It's within you. You had it. You might not have had access to it, but as you're getting it and as you're reaching it, you're realizing that this is something that you had there. And therefore, both elements, that joy of, of finding it and also that urgency to go out and seek it, are both, in tandem, the way of life in the Jewish sense. So therefore, it's, it's an expression of your fundamental nature. Somebody that's engaging in Judaism, somebody that's engaging in Torah and observance, it's not something from external, some some imposition that's being placed on them that now I have to do this unnatural thing. But if you could understand it and really discover and really touch the essence of what it is, you'll realize that it's a manifestation of who you are. You're expressing your fundamental nature. It's a quality that lies within you. And that's your natural state of being. Your natural state of being is to be connected to Hashem, to be connected to Torah, to be connected to you the people around you, to be connected to yourself, to be connected to the world. And that's what we have to seek out. And at the same time, once you hit it, to, to have that element of joy and, and happiness and, and wonder as you navigate the world. This idea that Torah, that Judaism is synergist, synergetic, is this uh, synergy between the actual you, the authentic you, and truth, and Hashem, and it's all together as one. And it's only covers and masks and clouds that are are stopping that, that complete synergy of Buddhism sources in Pasuk and Devarim, Deuteronomy, in the fourth chapter, Deuteronomy 4, which is one of the more epic chapters in the entire Chumash, in my rankings. Obviously, they're all epic, but this one's like particularly jam-packed. Another one is uh, one that we just read in last year's parasha, Vayikra. I think it's 19. Vayikra 19. Um, no, Shemos 19. Shemos 19, Exodus 19, and Vayikra 16. My top three. And so this Pasuk is, he finds it in um, the reading. It says, <speaking in Hebrew> You should search for it. You should search from there for Hashem, your personal God, 
Umatsasa, and you will find it key when Sid Rashenu Bukhalavavcha, when you expound on it with all your heart of Khalnafshka and all your soul. And Rabunam has a question. Search for it over there, from there. Like you you could have just said search for Hashem. And you'll find it when you do it with all your heart. What's over there? Search over there for Hashem. So he says, if a person starts out trying to philosophically analyze what is God, where is God, who is God, how does this work, what exactly is it, and you can learn all these the most beautiful, deep, Kabbalistic works that are nice. You learn the Rambam's Meir and the Vuchem. You learn Chayvas Alvavas Sharayichat. You learn the Zayar. You learn the Lashem. You learn all these these great deep works, and they're all MS. They're all truth, but those are only Sham. If you start from an external source, you're trying to come from this theological, philosophical, analytical, rationalistic way of thinking. That is all great, but it stops at Misham. It's over there. When do you actually find it? When do you actually integrate it in yourself? That's the second half of the Pasuk. When you do it with all your heart, when you start from your heart, you start from your, you're, you're the beginning point. And you, you you analyze yourself and you develop yourself to the point where it's all operated from an authentic space. It's all genuine. There's no of these jealousies and selfishness and ego that's getting in the way. That's when you're able to take it from a level of it's over there to it's here. It's at my heart. It's well known. We talked about this on one of the previous episodes in the season. That every new student, when they would first come to Rabbanim, he would tell them the story of Rav Isaac of Krakow, who had journeyed to Prague in pursuit of a treasure only to be told by the non-Jewish guard at the bridge, that the treasure lay at home, within your own heart. And Rabbanu's quote is saying is that every yid, every Jew, has a treasure in their heart, a hidden fortune, only they don't know it. And only by being true to yourself could that treasure be discovered. The heart is the faculty to sense Torah. If you want to really connect to Torah, it has to be the heart, not necessarily the mind or the mouth, I talk a lot. It's got to be the heart. And if that's the case, if it's got to be the heart, so every human heart is unique. Everybody has their own understandings, their own experiences, their own endeavors. And therefore, if the heart is the access, if that's the key, if that's the key to really connecting to Torah, to really connecting to Hashem, so then, therefore, it's going to end up logically to say that there's a personal obligation to do it in your own particular way it has to be sourced by the individual heart so it has to be that you're putting your own stamp on it that you're having that personal authenticity that we've been talking about in the past few episodes right so we've put him is recorded as saying such a great remark the mission of perkyavo says all your actions should be for the sake of shemaya for the sake of hashem for the sake of heaven Right, everything should be done with great motives, for good reasons, for altruistic reasons, not for lowly 
physical uh, desires. So Rabbanim said, why do I have to add all your actions? Just say your actions should be for good. Do, do your actions with a higher purpose. Imbue them with higher purpose. Why all your actions? So he remarked that even your actions that you're doing for the sake of heaven, those two also have to be L'Shem Shemayim. Even though L'Shem Shemayim has to be L'Shem Shemayim. <laughs> it's such an awesome thing because a lot of times we could delude ourselves into thinking that we're being authentic. You'll have people that curate authenticity to showcase certain aspects of your rawness, of your vulnerability, and it becomes an inauthentic portrayal of authenticity. You're trying to be so real and so upfront with your followers, whatever it is, and really what's going on is it's a curated showcase of L'Shem Shemayim, of authenticity. That's that's what he's saying. If it's got to be a heart, then it's got to be you. It can't be how somebody else would, how you think somebody might show up authentically. Another outcome of the heart being the key and being the interface with everything that's authentic is passion. Heart is very much associated with the passion. And passion is going to be a very key aspect. Rabbanim once said that he went to Danzig. He was on a business trip in Danzig. If you remember in the episode of the biography, we talked about some of his business excursions. He would work in the lumber industry at this point in Danzig before uh, earning his pharmaceutical license and setting up his own pharmacy, right? Because he was a trained chemist. He worked for a wealthy woman in the in the timber business. And when he came back from one of his trips, so one of his students asked, like, well, any any uh interesting life lessons did you learn from the trip? And he said, I heard this uh following phrase to lose money is to lose nothing to lose courage is to lose everything to lose money is to lose nothing losing courage is to lose everything courage is going to be very much associated with that that heart and the passion and being able to stay so in another place CXR Kaidash Rabbanim says the most important thing is the will is the Ratzan is the will when you have the will Right? When you're passionate about something, you have the will to do it. When you lose the willpower, it's usually because the passion for it is waning. If you want to be effective as a educator, research shows the more passionate about the cause you are, the more will you have to do it, and the more uh, effective will be in transmitting. Not necessarily about the training or about the level of intellect or level of pay, but it's all about the passion, the will. And Rav Bunim once uh, once pointed out, we talked about this once, I think, the, the idea to learn passion from people around you. Not necessarily people that you know or that are in your community, but he would learn it from Polish politicians. 
And he would just point out like that they're so passionate about their causes that they're fighting for. Many times the, the cause could be something like tax codes or redistribution and censuses, things like that. And yet there's an incredible amount of passion and there's something to, to learn from that. For somebody that looks as passion is the, the key, heart is the key. So when you see somebody that's passionate about something, that's awesome. And, and you want to integrate that. So you could see uh, I, have, I have people that I know that they get really, really passionate about things like propositions about um, the, the, the zoning codes of parks, right? Expanding the playground a little bit or the parking spots and the way it's going to go or sidewalk expansions, things like that. And, and it, it ticks their boat. It makes them go. It is. And that passion, a passion is a great thing. We're of cook first, uh, chief rabbi of the current iteration state of Israel of cook. Of Cook would point out, he said, I would rather, I'd rather converse and and and, and have hours of conversations and be great great closest to the fiercest and most ferocious atheists than I would with um what's the other word? Not an atheist, but uh agnostics. He said, I would rather talk to the atheists because the atheists are passionate about their cause. I would want to talk to a hard, ironclad kibbutznik, somebody that really believes in a, a, a way that could be completely contrary to what I believe in and what I cherish. But I could connect with them because I'm passionate about what I believe. They're passionate about what they believe. We could join in in that passion. And of course, there's an art to, to conversation that you're not just yelling at each other. And Ruf Cook was able to do that. And the people of his time were able to to have that level of, of dialogue that I could be super passionate about what I believe in. And you could not believe in that and passionately believe in something else, but we could have that conversation and learn from each other. And there's a certain open-mindedness that doesn't create this, this thing where if you have a certain opinion that we don't agree with, that opinion can't even brought to, be brought to surface, which is, is apparently the climate of conversation today. In the West, not only in the West, it's even worse in, in other places. So that's what Ruf Cook says. So well, when you see a Jew and they're passionate about something, oh, Ruf Cook said, I want to talk to that Jew. I want to talk to that Jew. As opposed to apathy. If there's so such apathy and just, like, I don't know. I don't care. It's not, not, I don't know. I don't know is a good level. Right, that, that sense of humility. So maybe agnostic's not such a good example. There's probably two types of agnostic. It's, it's agnostic that I don't know, I genuinely don't know, and I'm learning, and therefore I haven't arrived at a, a conviction. I'm not a 17-year-old that thinks I have life figured out, right? Because that's not, that's nothing. That's not a, a religious person. That's not atheist. That's not agnostic. You're just using this, the, the atheism thing as the example there. But that, that, that could be a genuine humility as opposed to the agnostic of I don't care and you meet somebody and you ask them oh are you Jewish you're trying to invite them for a Shabbos meal or something like that you're just walking uh, down campus and they say yeah I mean I don't really care much right that breaks your heart when when they cross the street to avoid you because they're going to join some other club that's something okay right that's the one that 
that hopefully ends up coming for Shabbos and, and gets passionate about Judaism once they realize that they're seeking something that they always had, but it's just being out of access. Right? And once they experience that Shabbos, it's like, oh, this is this is where it's at. This is me. This My Friday night from now on is going to be Shabbos. That, that's something else. As opposed to if, if there's apathy. And that, that's what it all comes down to. The passion, the heart, the will. That's where it's at. Yeah, there's a great distinction between superficiality and passion. Somebody could say, oh, I'm passionate about this, I'm passionate about that. How do you know if it's something that's sincere or if it's something that is just a, a sort of inspiration that's fleeting? You could have people that have a very meaningful, a meaningful uh, experience, a moment, meaningful moment of inspiration, and then it just passes. How do you how do you differentiate between a superficial inspiration and something that's lasting? And in Peshischa, there was a demand on that to combine passion with self analysis, and not a self analysis that takes away from the passion because by definition if you're in the moment and you're mindful and you're completely present so you're not sitting here and doing a pros and cons and, and return on investment type uh, analysis analyses but it's something organic something that's real if, if, if this is going to be something that's really passionate in the real type that's going to remain with you moving forward and that would be the litmus test to know is this something that was so awesome and so amazing that was just fleeting or is this something that still remains with you? Is it still in there? And that demand for both the self-analysis that means that the preparation before the event and the reflection after the event together with that spontaneous passion it's an uneasy balance and ultimately Rav Bunim would, would go to, with the side of passion. Passion is the most important thing. But it has to be tempered by the fact that it can't just be a superficial fleeting experience. It has to be something that that organically re- retains an afterglow. Organically retains its impact. And the story is told that there was a Magid, a speaker, an inspirational speaker from Germany that was visiting the small hamlet in Poland of Kotsk. Kotsk Rabbi lived. Kotsk, Kotsk, Kotsk Wednesday. Gets up to speak and he asks a question. Torah says that Moshe, Hashem showed Moshe a coin of fire and said, Like this shall they give the Jewish people should all give this coin to contribute to the Mishkan, the Machsas HaShakal. Half a shekel coin, they should all give like this. Rashi says, She showed him this coin in fire. So he asked, why did it have to be in fire? Why can't you just say? He showed him uh, the image of the coin. He had a prophecy, he had a dream of what the uh, coin actually looked like. Why does it have to be on fire? And he answered that he wasn't just showing 
Moshe and the Jewish people what type of coin, you know, which currency to give, but how to give it. You have to give it with fire. You have to be on fire when you give it. When you're giving tzedakah, when you're giving charity, it's got to be with passion. It can't be begrudgingly. Okay, fine. It's got to be with passion. And the same is with everything. When you're performing, when you're observing any uh, mitzvah, any good path of behavior that you're embarking on, because that you has got to be on fire. It's got to be beish. That's the passion. Kuska was so surprised, like this is coming from this uh, this preacher. Who's this guy coming in, visiting, and saying this unbelievably deep Torah? And he's talking, and he says it's got to be that. You know, in Germany, the Jews there were famous for their hospitality. It's got to be because you were you're passionate about your hospitality that you were gifted this insight into the Torah. Uh, he was super excited about it, and that's the uh, the result. Ultimately, it's about the heart. It's about the passion. Combined with that, tempered by the, or not tempered, but combined with the self-analysis and, and the personal authenticity to take it not just from a drab, okay, like this is who I am, but imbuing it with life, with, with fire, with passion, with heart. That's the uh, ultimate combination. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Harusa. If you enjoyed before, you even subscribe and rate it five stars and review and all that. And listen to the other episodes. Please reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts, connections, ideas, questions, critiques. My number is 347-893-4467. Chavrusapodcast at gmail.com or across social media channels. Thank you. Have a wonderful day overflowing with happiness.